Welcome. You're listening to stories from the other side of the glass. And today, we'll hear from Andrew Host. It did seem appropriate to me that the very first employee of Audio Brian should be the second person to tell a story. Andrew now runs an audio restoration service. And he's got an interesting story to tell. This one is about when tape began to squeal. When do I start speaking? Remember I like, we're rolling. Now for those who are 18 years old or maybe even in their mid-twenties who've never actually seen a piece of magnetic recording tape, back in the olden days, we used to record on magnetic recording tape. My voice has actually been coming to you from one of the world's most astonishing devices, an Ampex tape recorder. A company from America called Ampex had a virtual monopoly. Ampex established its magnetic tape division, transforming the company into a trusted manufacturer of both recorders and tape. And it was, in fact, very fine tape. It was good quality. It worked well. Nobody complained. But somewhere along the late 1980s, early 1990s, when we began to pull out some of the old tapes from the late 70s and early 80s, we found there was a problem. The tapes began to squeal when they were played. And it wasn't just an annoying squeal that you could hear coming directly from the tape recorder to your ears. Somehow that squeal transmitted itself through the playback head and adversely affected the audio. What to do? Well, first step is to call Ampex and say, What's happened? (laughs) Their first step was to be in complete denial. They absolved themselves of all blame. I don't remember what the excuses were, but whatever it was, it wasn't Ampex's fault. Eventually, probably after the 450th phone call about the same thing, Ampex did say it was their fault. The standard Ampex tape 50262. And this is what happened. Back in the early 70s, the United States government brought forth rigid anti-pollution laws. People start pollution. That the recording tape manufacturers could not meet unless they changed their formulations. People can stop it. Which they did. And it produced a very good quality tape. The 456 was the tape of choice for recording studios all over Australia. Enjoy a moment with Minties. And what would happen is that the binder that holds the magnetic particles onto the polyester backing would absorb moisture from the atmosphere. It didn't have to be particularly humid, just normal, everyday, atmospheric moisture. And it wouldn't happen within a few months or even a few years, but over a long period of time, it would cause the tape to become sticky, and as it passed all the metal bits of the tape recorder, it would squeal. When the problem got really bad, shreds of oxide would begin to be ripped from the tape. So Ampex admitted fault and said, we have a way to fix this. We bake the tape. Don't try this at home, ladies and gentlemen, because it has to be baked in an industrial-grade oven at a very precise temperature for a very precise duration. If you get any part of the process wrong, you will destroy your tape. And us gullible recording engineers believe them, and we sent our tapes to them, which they fixed free because it was their fault. However, after they received many crates full of tapes, they had to start charging a nominal fee. One or two dollars a reel, depending on the size of the reel, and we thought, fair enough. They're busy people, they have a lot to do. What's one or two dollars? 
But one or two dollars very quickly became $10, $15. And we started to think, I wonder if we could do this ourselves. So we grabbed a roll of tape that didn't particularly matter if it got damaged, that we knew squeaked when we played it. And we thought, let's try this at home. And we bunged it in the oven. And of course, it worked. Our tapes played like new after we had baked them ourselves. We no longer had to send them to Ampex. And what about cassette tapes? Ampex said you couldn't bake cassette tapes, so we threw all the squeaky ones away. Oh, but they lied. You could do cassette tapes. It was a glorious thing. Then I moved house. Our kitchen oven was gas. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that if you're attempting to bake your tapes at home, do not do this in a gas oven. It will end in tears. We still had tapes to bake, so I had to find a solution. By then, we had Google, and we could find out what other people were doing, and I found the very best way to bake tapes was with a food dehydrator. First of all, it's a great cylindrical thing. It looks like it's actually made for recording tape, not for drying apples and apricots. Because it's round, it's just slightly larger than a 10-inch reel, and there's a hub in the middle which the hot air comes out of, which the hub of the 10-inch reel fits very neatly around. Absolutely gorgeous. But the best part about this is that a food dehydrator is actually designed to be on for 12 to 18 hours, because that's how long it takes to dehydrate fruit. And the thermostat is incredibly accurate. So when you get it to 60 degrees and you have your temperature probe in there and it's saying 60.0, it stays on 60.0. And so the food dehydrator is the current method that I would recommend for baking tapes of all types. And in case you didn't get what I said before or you've skipped through to the end, whatever you do, don't attempt to bake your tapes with gas. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to Bill Frizzell, Dr. Feelgood, Derek Bailey, Bruce Illich, Audiker, Cluster, Way Out West, Foreplay String Quartet, Chaz Smith, and Bertrand Bergela for the music. Remember, if you've got a story to tell, this is your chance. There are just a few simple rules. Keep it short and no scripts. We look forward to hearing you from the other side of the glass.